Yeah, I'll stop talking about subscriptions since we are recording. Wow, Ethan, 37 subscriptions to your Substack. That's pretty no, embarrassing. No, nobody can know what a failure I am. Ah, it's not true, Tom. It's not true. I have over 94 subscriptions. Everybody must know. Maze, are we recording yet? I mean, are we recording? There aren't that many uh, right-wing conservative Trumpers supporting as you thought, huh? Bet you, uh, bet you wish you didn't go the, the grift. Of the grift didn't Clay work Travis. out. I tried oh, to grift. I'm such a bad shame. grifter. It's like uh, I thought. No, I thought option one. David Grifton. <laughs> I thought option one. Option one. I say what I honestly think, but option two. I suppress what I think in favor of the grift, and I tried option two. It didn't work out. I, I I don't know what to do now. Brand shot. Brand over. David Grift. Welcome to the Haber Show. I'm Tom Haberstro. That's me, Al Hassan. Welcome to the Haber Show. I'm Tom Haberstro. Welcome to the Haber Show. I'm Tom Haberstro. Welcome to the Haber Show. I'm Tom Haberstro. That's me, Al Hassan. That's Ethan Strauss of the House of Strauss Substack. I like that there's this idea that you have always been a closeted Trumper, right-wing conservative. Um, I feel like if I that, was... like leaving the athletic and ESPN, yeah. you're now ready to like, you uh, know, show your finally, true colors. Finally. I feel like if I was that, then I'd just be that. There's this weird thing why people don't... I guess, I guess there's some projection where a lot of people are lying all the time, so they just assume that you're lying all the time. Uh <laughs> I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly it, is they think that it's the same reason why when, you know, you say something that, you know, maybe it's a controversial opinion, maybe you didn't even think it's a controversial opinion, and they say, oh, you're just doing it for clicks. Mm. And you say to yourself, well, I mean, I don't, why would that be for clicks? Why would I care? And then you realize, oh, because that's what they would do. Yeah. That's yeah. the only way they would say something that's out of their comfort zone is solely for the purpose of getting attention. For the and clout. Mm. The clout. Yield Yeah, because Ethan, you're very much searching for clout on your on your socials. Oh, yeah. That's very much what I do. <laughs> and look, I care uh, a lot about prestige, and that's why I quit a company to run a newsletter. <laughs> That's why yeah. I did it. That was the uh, that was the whole idea to it right there. But hey, it, people do this. They do that thing of it's tricky because sometimes we can see when somebody's got a game going, right? Sometimes you can see through people's motivations that does exist, but it does seem over applied all the time too, where everybody's trying to guess one another's motivations. And maybe sometimes we should just take things at face value. Yeah, I um. I think what you write about is fascinating because it's a lot of like unspoken things in the media, right? Or unspoken things in the reporter life or unspoken things amongst journalism that journalists that we, we talk about when we're at the bar or going out Mm -hmm. to dinner on the road. And it's kind of like, you better not touch that. You better not touch that. And Ethan's just like, well, my readers (laughs) want it. Well, there's no doubt. That's the beauty of the newsletter setup is that there's no real downside. As long as you're, not lying because then beyond the moral failing of that, you open yourself up to lawsuits. Um, but as long as it's true, there is this thing. I sometimes think that not everybody's worked it out because there's this this response, this reaction of, oh man, you don't say that. Don't say that. And I why? Like what's the what's the what's gonna happen? What's the deal? What's the issue? I'm not gonna get high. I, I've already left 
these places. It really doesn't matter. I don't have an intent to necessarily work for ESPN and the athletic again, even though I appreciate what they so, did for me. Um, although ESPN's a weird one. ESPN, you can shit all over ESPN and they'll take you back if you're hot. Like if you're hot, they'll well, take not, you back. It's, it's not even it's not even that you're hot, it's that they, they just forget. They end up forgetting that Oh, he used to work here? A word? Like, yeah, I guess no, don't all right, whatever. Yeah. Um, the corollary for me, Ethan, to this is people who say that I do what I do because I can't get back into the NBA. Mm. And it, and they can't fathom a world where I have no desire to go back to the NBA. Well, well, because there's this idealized version of what being in the NBA would be. And what they don't understand is how the majority of people working in NBA ops are miserable. Um, miserable. Yes. Yeah. Even the ones at the top of the heap as GMs. Although Daryl Daryl Morey is not miserable from what I've gathered. I've asked him and I think he would have just told me. But – I think most GMs miserable. They're the top of the heap. They're earning the bigger money. And then everybody on down the line. And one of the reasons they're miserable is because of that idealized version of what they do. Because if you quit, man, we got like 100,000, 100,000. I'll say dudes because it's like 99% dudes. Dudes willing to take your place who want to be in here because it's sports and they love sports. So there's something funny about how the powerful widespread love of sports informs the misery of the sports profession well i don't think people get to see the kind of cutthroat um dog eat dog world of of sports media and sports that's just in general that's part that's part of why though tom right like the idea is that like there's a never-ending supply of like unsuspecting victims (laughs) <laughs> and so it's it's just it doesn't the churn they, it, they almost need to know that it uh they, they need not to know that it sucks that way you can convince a them to keep sacrificing themselves and b the people who are in it hey if you don't don't keep this up man we're gonna just bring in the, the next virgin in mm-hmm. and take care of them you know, and well, like have our way with them like no no, the- no 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 i'll be the one the thing that also informs the misery is this combination, the intense nepotism within NBA ops, where you work your ass off and then the son of the owner, the son of a, a coach, GM. I might be referencing people in the Warriors organization whom I like, but there's this angst Just to Kirk Lakeham. Yeah, the, the Kirks, the Kirks of this world. I mean, hey, credit to Kirk Lakeup. He'll say, yeah, nepotism is part of how I have this role, but it's intensely frustrating to other people in the profession. And then a lot of the people who get to where they get in part because of nepotism are miserable as well. Anybody who watches Succession would know what I'm saying because there's a sense of, wait, am I earning what I'm earning? So I do think that there's something about the widespread nepotism in the NBA I think informs the misery within. Well, I remember watching Succession the other night and my wife just turns to me. She goes, I don't think anyone on this show is happy. No. no. And that's kind of the point, right? Is that uh, Mo Money, Mo Problems is that even though you might be billionaires and born on third base is that a lot of that born on third base is that you're, uh, you're there's this kind of like narrative in your head about, I earned this. I deserve this. And then when things don't go a certain way, you kind of feel like, wait a minute. Yeah. I thought, I thought I, I thought I, I was the reason why 
I have all this success and money and power in this world. And once things start don't going your way, you start to doubt yourself. And that doubt, that unhappiness, that stress, it's not unique to no. just people who don't aren't in the billionaire world. So if anything, well, well, if you, we see what we in in Hollywood and in rock and roll and all this is like it's a lot of misery with a lot of money. Yeah. And well, no- Notorious B.I.G. was right. He was, obviously. Was um, it Puff who wrote well, those lyrics? Like, I mean, but, like who, who Puff wrote that, those lyrics? Puff, Puff has never written lyrics in his life. In his <laughs> life. In fact, he had a lyric that says, no, no matter if I write rhymes, I write checks. Right? <laughs> that's right. So that's, that's right. The furthest from it. But, like, I don't even know if it's the money. Because there are a lot of people who do this job, these jobs that don't make, like, I know from my graduating class, either undergrad or graduate i was making a lot less money than all those people this no one in sports at least i know in succession it is the money doesn't buy happiness or whatever but in sports it's like the work doesn't buy you happiness like if you're not a well-adjusted person going into it much like everything else in in life right whether it's alcohol whether it's relationships whether it's uh money if you're not well adjusted going in, yeah, these things aren't going to cure that. You're no. just going to be well adjusted with more outlets for that. And and sports is the, is the same, man. It's like you go in there if you're unhappy, it, it's not going to make you happy. There are moments that are going to make you happy. Yeah, and then there are mo- there are moments There's winning where it, and misery. It, it just exactly. So it just accentuates your entire life it accentuates everything to where it, that's why we see players or coaches stop playing or stop coaching and then do media or whatever they go crazy because at the end of the day for them there's a feeling of wait a second i don't feel those ups and downs those highs yeah. those extreme mm-hmm. highs that i felt when i was doing the thing over there and they go crazy over that well, and there's no obvious feedback. Um, yeah, when I would go to a wedding, when I was beat writer covering the Warriors, everybody, every dude at the wedding wanted my job, would ask about it. And it was the coolest thing. But I didn't feel like I didn't know to what I owed my success. It seems like I should be cutting a check to Steph Curry because I was lucky that the Warriors took off and he became this huge superstar and that shined more attention. But I never really knew how much of whatever I was doing was me. And I think at least in sports, there's a sense of this is our record, right? You know, these are my contributions. Well, yeah, I remember I remember the same thing with with LeBron in Miami. Miami Heat Index was literally a job that was to chase LeBron around. Like literally that was the job. Go write about LeBron. Um, and then there's this other thing. I, when the ACC championship was here uh, last week and Wake was playing in it, there are a bunch of college buddies hanging out. And one of them turns to me, he's like, so is this job just like the easiest, most fun job in the world? Mm. And I was like, do you think that there are, there are, there's like so many people out there that would want to take this job that are like couch analysts or on Twitter or feel like they know sports, you think it's easy to stay in this game? You think it's easy Mm -hmm. to like be more of an expert than those self-proclaimed experts who think they know everything about sports? It's not easy. Um, And not to say that this is a a terrible job or that- uh, No, this is the Chris Paul. You're saying the Chris, this is the Chris Paul thing of, man, he's got some 
I'd recommend going down a YouTube rabbit hole of Chris Paul yeah, basketball yeah. camps where he gives his Wait. inspiring speeches and he says, what is, "Give me, give me some," because I've never seen one. I've never watched. Oh, uh, so good. Well, one of them, he was saying, "Look, I love this job. I love this job. I love it so much. I'm never gonna let you take it from me. I'm never gonna let it let you do that. I, I wouldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I'm gonna put in the work." Because I love it that much. There are, he went through the stats of how many new players every year come through the draft. And that means a bunch of jobs eliminated. And you've got to stay ahead of that churn. And that's very intimidating. But if you love the game, it's going to inspire a certain, you know, a certain uh, level of motivation right there. But I've quoted him. I think he's got some great life advice that Chris Paul. One of the ones I really enjoy and a principle I try to live by. From one of his videos, he was talking about don't let the defender speed you up. Like, don't let that happen. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on my handle and I'm gonna be confident in it. So I'm not gonna be scared when the defender is coming. You know, as human beings, we react to energy. A salesman will try to lull you into a certain energy. They're going kind of, you know, bobbing their head, happy energy, and we sort of unconsciously dance with our dance partner. That's what we do. I think the same thing happens sometimes in sports where the defender's coming at you all frenzied and they're waving their arms and suddenly you're you're panicking and you're in a frenzy. And the Chris Paul message is don't let them speed you up. You have your time. You're on your metronome. That's what you do. I think it's great advice. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it um, works for Chris Paul because he's one of the greatest of all time. Like there are other yeah. players that if, if you slow it down, <laughs> they fuck up and turn over. That's, that's my favorite thing when like elite or greats give advice. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that works if you're awesome at what you do. I remember back in like 2009 or 2010, they used to have these uh, videos the NBA would play during um, during games, mostly on NBA TV. But sometimes they'd buy a spot on ESPN or TNT. And it was like almost like instructional videos. And one of them was like Dwight Howard on rebounding. And it was just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, be 6'10 and have a 40-inch vertical. Yeah, like, yeah. What are you going to teach and me about? shoulders like, out want, to here. Right. Yeah. yeah like, if yeah. you want to teach me about rebounding, like, send me, like, send me uh, um, Patrick Beverly, mm, who's a very yeah. good rebounder for for a guard his size. Like, send me, yeah. send me the people who actually have to figure the shit out, not the people who, like, walk out there and, like, be an Adonis. Right, there's so that story think- of there's that story of Tom Thibodeau in a meeting. Uh, was it a coach's meeting? Ethan, did you write about this? Was this the? I don't think I did. I don't think I wrote about Thibodeau. It was you know it was pushback for all of the DNP rests happening in the league, and um, you know Tom Thibodeau like stands up and says the effect of, well, Michael Jordan played all 82 games and played 45 oh. minutes a game. That's the Jam the, the Japan Gundy line. Yeah. Yep. Jeff that was, does, that like, was a JV, that was a JVG. Van Gundy's and Thibodeau all have the talking point of of Michael Jordan being able to withstand yeah. that kind of mileage. Why can't everybody else? And I'm like, that person is hit the genetic lottery like ten times over, well, and has the competitive fire of a hundred yeah. times over the normal person. Me, meanwhile, JVG is shutting down the league and putting the whole league on DMP rest. Just, yeah, uh, that well, was. I mean, Here's here's the thing. Before we move on to COVID shit, um, the, 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 beyond the, the genetic lottery, Tom, there's something more important than that. It's that things that we did in the past don't necessarily inform us on the best way of doing things. For example, once upon a time, 
in New York City, you could live in a um a a building ten stories high, seven stories high, with no elevator. Then you had to take the stairs the whole way. We have elevators now. Are you still taking the stairs? No. Decided well, well my grandfather took the stairs. Well, my, my, my grandfather uh, rode a horse and Maybe buggy. Maybe we should because then we wouldn't be town. so fat and out of shape. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. How about taking a horse and buggy? My grandfather took a horse and buggy. Oh, now you're too good for a horse and buggy? You're going to get on a car? Word? Soft. Soft. Like, it, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Well, I can't. I want to, before we get to the COVID stuff, I want to talk about Jokic first because um, I think there's a couple things going on with the Jokic thing. Um, Zach Lowe was on ESPN count, ESPN NBA Countdown or some show yesterday. Maybe it was NBA some, Today. In, in the words of um, Zach Harper, some shit. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> great, great haircut, though, by, by old Zach. Yeah. Shouts to Zach's haircut. Looks great. Yeah, Zach got a new haircut or Zach yeah, Harper? A little, little, uh, little trimmer. Yeah. Uh, Zach Lowe. Yeah. He, 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 okay. yeah. So he, there was a clip that went around yesterday where he lost it, and I get it. It was him, Malika, Richard Jefferson, and Kendrick Perkins on the panel, and they were talking about KD's MVP chances. And Maze, if you have the clip, why don't we just play it here? It's beyond stupid that we frame this as a two-man race. Like Nikola Jokic is averaging 26.5. Stop. 26.5 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, 58% shooting, 66% on twos. Pick whatever advanced stat you want. Pick any advanced stat you want. Stop. Stop. Any advanced stat you want. Yeah, he, leads, up, he leads the NBA in every single one. He's on pace for the highest hey. play. Stop. He's on pace for the highest player efficiency rating ever. The Nuggets with Nikola Jokic on the floor, plus 14 per 100 possessions. With Nikola Jokic on the bench, minus 16. With Nikola Jokic on the floor, the Denver Nuggets are basically the best team ever, off the floor, the worst team ever. And the only reason he's not in the MVP conversation is because the Nuggets, without everybody, are just 14 and 13. It's stupid. He belongs he in the race, the and so does Yon. You, you, you know what? See, so see, what? He got the MVP Zach, last year. He can't get it again. Zach, I was going to let you off the hook because you told me before the show. I'll that, stay on the hook. I'll mom, stay right on the hook. That mom said I was being mean to you. And she did. She said the man okay, with but, the beard is cool, mean to I, me. I got to be mean to you right now. This is the problem that I have with people that have votes in the MVP conversation because – we always move in the goalposts, and I don't understand what's the criteria for MVP because I come on here and I sit and I talk about Chris Paul and I talk about his impact on winning. I talk about what he's doing for the Phoenix Suns and how they have one of the best records in the league. And then all of a sudden we come and talk about Jokic's numbers. Which Did you hear won- the numbers? I heard the numbers, but they are sitting like in the eighth or ninth slot. Because in the- their team it is don't matter. Matter. Winning matters. It don't matter. Winning matters. And that's what I was always thought. That's why y'all gave to Steve Nash back in the day, right? Y'all, I was not covering the NBA. Oh, I didn't okay. give anything to Steve Nash. <laughs> All right, cool. Wait, well, look, the only thing that I will say, like, both of you are correct. Thank you. Both and of you stop are, talking. No, 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 no. no. Both of you are correct. Listen, I am going to take you to prison. Hold on, child. Listen, this is what I want to say. 
The only thing about Jokic, and look, yes, his numbers are historic. His numbers are that. But if they don't impact winning, and you can say, oh, you can Lord. say this. His teams are injured. I understand this. No Michael Porter Jr., no Jamal Murray. I understand that that puts so much weight on the guy. But we can't just do it percentages and this and that and all, all these other things. You can pick any number you want. Okay. Russell, what number is on my left? Triple so I can only use wins? That's it? Wins is the Russell, only number Russell, I can Russell, use? Russell, no. triple, double, so if Nikola Jokic, okay, they are not in the top four you know, in the top of the playoff picture. And by the if, way, I'm not saying he should win. Right now, I would probably vote for Steph. I'm saying this is, a, this is a four-man conversation. Who's Giannis belongs in it. Giannis belongs in Giannis, it, Giannis, Nikola Jokic, Steph, and Kevin Durant. That's Those, and everyone right else, there's a huge will, drop-off. It's not with Chris Paul. Y'all need to stop. Chris Paul deserves to be in it. I have no problem with you want to put Chris Paul, but Chris Paul's fifth. Chris Paul's fifth after those four. So you made an argument for a person that you wouldn't vote for right now. I, I just want to go was, on record. To be you fair, literally I'm made an argument, for, an argument for him to be in the conversation. People throw him in it. They're like, oh, I guess you got to look at Jokic. No, no, no. Jokic, should Jokic should be a candidate to win. Would he be one, Above two, or three? Giannis? Right now, if you were to rank one, two, and three. Dude, say it. Curry, Durant, Jokic. But very okay, close. thank you. So we spent five minutes arguing about the but, third but, best. But it's very Durant, close. It's, it's a four-man Somebody race. Somebody get Zach Lowe a towel. So essentially, Zach was saying it's beyond stupid that Nikola Jokic is not in the MVP conversation, or at least in a front runner in the um, MVP conversation. Listed all of his accolades this season statistically, and qu- as qu- he's question. going, question, question, yeah. question. Uh. Whose conversation? Hmm. Well, the, it was See, it was based off. I think the cry on. And it, admittedly, uh-huh. I am guilty of not actually watching the entire segment. I just no. watched the eighty second clip that went around Twitter right. and got a quarter million views. Um, but essentially, there was some news story about Kevin Durant, or maybe it was Kevin Durant's Rich Kleiman that said, you know, Steph Curry had this amazing night and Kevin Durant was, you know, carrying a team, scored 50 points and won, and no one's uh, talking against, about it. Against right, the against, Pistons. Yeah, okay. But whatever, the, the conversation Pistons. is about the MVP and whether Kevin Durant deserves to be the MVP frontrunner. And Zach just goes nuclear about how we're all sleeping on Nikola Jokic. What's that all about? And Richard Jefferson and Kendrick Perkins both like, as he's talking, put their heads in their hands and shake and visibly like disagreeing with him so enthusiastically that they're showing it, you know, in their skin, just being like, I can't, I can't, I can't believe you're even stumping for, for Nikola Jokic here. And Zach, is that what's happening? And Zach Zach was like, stop. And he goes, he points and goes, stop, stop. No, listen, (laughs) this guy, when he's on the floor, he's plus 193 and minus 203 when he goes to the bench. And he keeps going this way. And Richard Jefferson says, finally, he goes, yeah, but we we gave him the MVP last year. And And the clip ends with him saying, what? So now we can we we don't we can't give it to him again. So what if we gave him the MVP last so year? So my, this there's, is, there's this a couple things question. going on here, but I want a this mean. Is my, this is my question. This is my question. Is are they disagreeing with him being in the MVP conversation, or are they disagreeing with him being the front runner? Mm. Right? Is Zach saying we're not talking about Jokic enough, which is the ultimate straw man, or is he saying my dick is on the table? Jokic is the MVP this year. Which are one is they, he saying? And would they react the same way of that Zach Collins instead of Zach Lowe? Is it because he's oh, media? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Oh, I thought you were going a different direction here. You go. Mm-hmm. He thought you talk about if it was Nick Nicola Jackson instead of <laughs> <laughs> Nikola Jokic, right? So That's what you're thinking now. Nicola uh, Jackson. No, no, but, but just absolutely media guy so, instead of player. I, look, yeah. It depends on what kind of media guy. It depends on what kind of media guy. If it was Stephen A. I think they'd. I won't say they'd be welcoming, but they'd be more willing to listen. I think. I mean, like, I'll be honest. Like, there, there's a level of. Wait, wait. I know this. Out, yeah, go ahead. Outsiderness go ahead. of Zach Lowe, make, white Zach Lowe, making the case for white Nikola Jokic. I don't even think it's it's a white making a case for a white so much as Zach Lowe is what players think about when you say media. Nerdy mm-hmm. white guy, haircut, suit, kinda doesn't quite fit. It's Wants a nice haircut. I, mean. I don't know why you gotta doesn't make fun th- of his haircut. I haven't seen the new one. I haven't seen the new one. I haven't seen the new one. Wants to use analytics and stuff. <laughs> like he is like a caricature of what players think of when people I, I, say media. I just like talking about Zach Lowe's haircut like it's the next Bond movie. I haven't seen that one yet. I haven't seen <laughs> it yet. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, it's worth it. It's it's worth so, the price of admission. Are they um, being I, 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 repu- are they repulsed me, at the notion that no, they're repulsed at the notion that he might be insinuating, but not quite because we know Zach very well, and Zach's a guy that never makes definitive statements. Are you saying like if I were on the show, I wouldn't do all of this shit? I would just say, yo, you're saying if the season ended right now, Nikola Jokic is your MVP number one. Put him in that box. I'm guaranteeing yeah. he wouldn't say that. He said, well, I'm just saying that. And that doesn't matter. You're mad that other people aren't talking about something that you yourself wouldn't do. You just like talking at that point. Or you think he's actually the MVP. And now, now we can have an earnest discussion where people put their hands you, in their head. You want to do the Doyle Brunson, put a man to a decision poker move of, okay, you said this. Will I raise the you that? Are you Doyle gonna, Brunson. That was, yeah, the old Doyle Brunson. But the whole medium. The media archetype is an interesting thing that you bring up, I mean, of how players think about it because it can cut against you, but can it can also cut in your favor in weird ways. Whenever there was some offhanded request for a stat, whenever I was in a scrum, a Warriors player would always go, Look at you. Yeah, they would go, yeah, and we're, uh, you know, over the last week, we're what an offensive rating. Ethan, what are we in offensive? I never knew. They just kept doing it. They mm-hmm. just kept doing it. I never knew. Tom would know. Tom would actually have those stats. I never knew. Tom I am not great cool. at stats. He's Ethan too cool. looks more like you should know the stats than Tom does. Yeah, why else would I be there? Like, what what else would be my function than to know that particular? Hold on, stat? let me get my calculator out. Like, Tom Tom is the one who infamously had like a like a was a whiskey on the rocks during an NBA Finals. Yeah, yeah, session. yeah. Frat bro, Tommy. Frat bro, Asked a question with the drink in his hand. Yeah. No, I, look, here's the thing. There's there's different layers to it. Not now. Even within the who's cool, who's not cool, whatever. Like I remember, I saw Shaq, and Shaq told me, "You're gonna get your ass beat." And I said, why? And he said, because you say shit you shouldn't say. And I said, but am I wrong? And you know what he said to me? He said, it doesn't matter <laughs> if you're oh, wrong. Oh, it's even worse that you're right. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like you can't be the one who says it because you're not G14 classified. And so there's a level of that, too, where it's like, yo, I'm not even disagreeing with you. I'm just saying you don't have the stature to make that statement. There's a level of, shut up, nerd. There's a level of, Yo, are you saying this or are you just kind of insinuating? Well, There's a yeah, yeah, go ahead. 
now, now that I'm looking at the tweet and I want to be, um, I want to be a good reporter here. The quote is it's beyond stupid that we frame the MVP race as a two man race. Jokic belongs mm. in the race. So belongs that's pretty, that's in the definitive. race. Yeah, it's definitive ish. You know, that's, that's so, there. No, no, it's not, it's not definitive. No, no, no. We're not going to do this. We're not going to give him <laughs> no, no, like, Belong, it's Yo, in the conversation. Hey, he deserves the, to be in the conversation. Me yeah. and Zach so what did is a that? whole we did a whole season of this last year of how ridiculous the, the term in the conversation is. Yeah. And we basically turned it into the MVP award is a bar, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like if you get into the bar, you're into the you're in the conversation. But yeah. that's just getting in the bar. Because hey, there are hey, a lot hey, of hey, it's great. It's great that you're married to your wife, but but I should be in the conversation. So you go to the bar and like the person who's leading the MVP race, he's in the middle of the conversation. Everyone else is in a circle around them. Now the other guys who are like it's like the guy in the middle, he's telling the story. So it's Steph Curry right now. Oh my God. I broke the three point record. Da, da, da. Yeah, we and party till five thirty in the morning. You won't believe yeah. who came out and hung out. Da, 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 da. And Kevin and Kevin, Dur- Kevin Durant chimes in. Oh yeah, that's, that's fine. Oh, that was real cool me too we were in detroit and i scored 50 and da, 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 da. and then there as you go to the periphery of the conversation there are people who are there in the conversation but they're not saying much because they're just holding their drink they're holding love, their drink i love horses yeah, yeah and well, so and then so so it's like and then you got people who like Nikola Jokic last year at one point wanted to be in the conversation but they didn't they, they were nursing their drink they couldn't buy another drink because the drinks are really expensive at the MVP conversation bar. And so like they check their phone to see if the direct deposit hit at midnight. The direct deposit is wins. And it still says wins low. And it's like, oh, I still don't have enough wins to really say something, right? You had Joel Embiid, who was in the center of the conversation, but then drank too much and got sick and had to be escorted out of the bar. And so like so too many spikes, Shirley Temples. Yeah. Yeah. The conversation is a fucking dumb conversation right okay because oh, it it, it's situational it so, sometimes the conversation it's, exists it's, and sometimes it shouldn't because it's not a conversation ethan okay. it's one it's really easy mm-hmm. who's your mvp and then if you had to fill out the ballot who's your two three four five yeah that's it for zach Lowe or anybody to bitch and moan about like i can't believe he's not in your top that like are you voting for him one no then nobody cares. again i think zach pro- might have said that in the segment i haven't watched the full thing i just saw a little he bit might, of a clip he here. might, oh, he might vote no. he might have He's, a nicola vote but i think there's this he, other conversation about the conversation which is this it's a divide there is a divide between the stats nerd perspective on who should get an mvp or a cy young in baseball that is different from the traditional perspective. The traditional perspective is you got to have a bunch of wins, as Amin was indicating. The new stat nerd perspective is that, no, it is your totality of contribution towards winning. Your statistical funny, impact. Yeah. Funny enough, I am with the traditional perspective. I do not like the new perspective. I don't think that it's almost like a tree falling in the forest and not making a sound if nobody's around to hear it. You know, if you have contributed to a bunch of wins to a team that ultimately doesn't matter, well, that means you're a very valuable player and you put in a great season. I don't want to give MVP to that. I want to give MVP to somebody who got a team over the hump from good to great or from middling to great, whatever, because that ultimately is a season that matters. And we're trying to remember what really mm. mattered. Not not one of those Anthony Davis, New Orleans Pelican seasons that didn't. I don't want to give MVP to Cause, that. Because Nikola Jokic is breaking the scales. 
That's he's not a fact. He's doing joke. great. He's doing he great. He has the number one PER of all time by far. He has the number one box plus minus of all time by far. He's leading the NBA in PER, VORP, win shares per 48, um, estimated plus minus. All of the advanced stats are going towards uh, Jokic. He's leading the NBA in triple doubles. So if we want to go caveman, just like, oh, like I don't believe in the advanced stats. He has more triple doubles than any other player in the league. He's averaging 26, 13, and 7. But in the ESPN poll, Steph Curry is killing everybody. 94 first place votes, two for KD, three for Giannis, one for Jokic. And I want to, Ethan, I want to unpack this even more. It's like- Wait, hold on. Hold on. Before before you go, because I want to throw in- so I like using uh, estimated plus minus. It's another one of these adjusted plus minus stats yeah. that uh, that that are out there. I I, I get it from he's in the t- he's at com. ten he's at plus ten he, he's at is- plus ten. Curry is second at plus eight point one. Mm. Like can can we say both ends of the floor? Yeah, so that's both ends of the floor. That's everything, right? Can we say that whatever value you gain from being plus two? is automatically, or not automatically, but can be mitigated by the fact that this guy plays on the best team in the league and you don't. Yeah, I would and say And that's so. the problem because the reality is this. It's not just who has the most wins and it's not just who has the best statistical numbers, whether they're traditional or using the uh, adjusted plus minus numbers. It's a total, it's a full picture. Yeah. And so- Curry is up there because Curry's like, I'm not quite as excellent as you, but I'm pretty fucking excellent. Also, my team doesn't suck. And don't tell me about Jamal Murray being hurt because my second best player hasn't played either. Uh, That's yeah. what it comes down to. Draymond's cool. second best player there. Now, now, now if now if but then, Jokic, but then there's Michael Porter Jr.'s also out. Yeah. And okay. look, now, I, I think now, now, if Jokic can go on a run with the Nuggets and they start racking up the wins, then it becomes a different conversation. But right. it's not enough wins. I don't want to do this. Isn't ba- I don't want to do this like baseball. I don't. That's just not my preference. I think that's going too far. We have to remember sometimes in sports that we do understand through narrative, through story. We do. It's not just numbers. It really isn't. And the Warriors call me a homer, although, I mean, I don't even watch most of the games these days. But uh, the Warriors are the best story in sports right now. They are. Besides the Jaguars. Yeah. (laughs) It's a different kind of story. I mean, the season has started. Sports betting. Trying to think of how to take advantage of some of these early fluctuations in the score. Are the Bulls really this good? Warriors? Really? This good? And should we really be burying some teams that are starting out with a little bit of a rough start? Well, some people aren't really into betting yet, but I'm telling you, it adds so much more to the watching experience. So fun. If you want to get deeper into this stuff, get smarter about betting on sports or just the NBA, you got to get on with the daily tip. Just to see how it feels, Tom, you got to understand that when you're out there with action on the game, it can make what would be a boring game absolutely amazing. Think about this. What if the line on this game I'm watching right now was 12 and a half points, right? Yep. It's a 14-point game under a minute to go. Most people would say, boring, turn it off. But if I got action on the game, I'm watching every last second because I need to see if someone's going to hit that last-minute shot that takes it from 14 to 11 and makes me from a loser into a winner. 
So the Daily Tip is a podcast that gives you kind of some insights, some edge, make you smarter about betting and just the betting experience. You learn some things. The hosts, Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger, they break down the big takeaways and make sure you know everything you need to get smarter and feel like you know what's going to happen. With featured guests like bookmakers, Odyssey insiders and bet MGM experts, you always feel like you got a fresh take on the action. And your friends, your buddies at the bar or in your group chat, you know what they're going to be thinking? Where'd you get that information from? Where'd you get that? It's from the Daily Tip. Feel like you're an insider, that you know the ins and outs of sports betting. And you know what? You're right, I mean, Watching the game on a Tuesday night, the game's a blowout, but there's always an angle that you can figure out a way to get in on the action. So as much fun as it is to bet on the game, it's even more fun when you got the inside scoop and listen to Michael and Chelsea. If you're ready to bet with an edge, tune into the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Listen weekdays in the morning from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern on Odyssey, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I think there is two things going on here. One, um, you've written about this before, Ethan, is the... The European chubby white center is not taking over the league or, or the, not taking over the no. league's uh, ratings, right? People aren't lining up to go see Jokic. Even Denver fans are not lining up to see Jokic. He's not a draw. Um, even though he's statistically putting up huge numbers, I don't think people really get behind Jokic. There's not like a Jokic stand group other than I think a lot of the stats community. So mm. my question is, do you think it's more about the wins or just the way he looks out there? Both. It's to what Amin is saying. It's a mix. It's a it, it put it in the the smoothie blender, right? And I've always been fascinated by that ineffable quality of stardom uh, versus what somebody does on the court because you know it when you see it. We have an understanding of it, but it's not totally clear uh, why. Like how many Jokic nobody- jerseys were there in Miami? I mean, when you went there, not that you were mm-hmm. counting. A handful. Like the handful? coolest thing about Jokic is not his basketball; it's his brothers. Well, I mean, sure. I mean, sure. I, I guess I guess that that's that's part of the conversation. Uh, another part of the conversation I would say is, who, do you guys know in the last uh, what is it, forty years? Last forty years, and I only say forty years because I haven't like fact checked all the way back. But the MVP with the least amount of wins was. Uh, Russ or was it Moses? Is it Russell Westbrook? Russell Westbrook is not the least. He's the second least for 47 mm. wins. 47 wins being five games above 500. The Nuggets right now are polling at 500 on the dot. I mean, Westbrook would be my guess. I'm all out. I, just for the interest of time, Tom, you had the other name. It, it's Moses. Moses in Houston in 81-82, they, they won 46 games. So, I mean, like, now, the irony is when you look at most of these guys through as much of an advanced metric eye as we can, given the information we have available to us, most of them checked out as, yeah, that dude probably was the best player in the league. So th- there's a level of kind of like corrobor- uh, collab- corroboration, excuse me, 
between the numbers and the mm. quote-unquote eye test and the most easiest Stugatzian metric of wins. They mm. all kind of conspired and like, yeah, that motherfucker was pretty good. Yeah. I think I think I, also what, there's like, the number there's, the number of seasons where you had like that team had a 500 team, but he should have been MVP. Even metrically, go find him for me. It doesn't exist because at some point, I don't know. Will Barton be like, your second best player? I, I don't you tell fault, me that, that haven't been. I I don't fault Jokic for the for the output or for the circumstance. I just think again we we get a little bit too far afield when we try to make it completely individually statistical it is part of the story of a season it is part of what we remember you know i don't think the westbrook mvp selection was a good one but at least that was a season that was memorable in that particular way with the triple doubles and now i do what i want and everything else the 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 big like i was a voter i voted for him over harden and i can't remember who the other person why why yeah my thing was yeah, if you ask me, would I rather have Harden or Russ? Harden, not even not even a hesitation. But did Russ do something that we literally were told would never happen again? So let me give you a great example. If Jokic ends this season averaging forty eight and a half minutes per game, I don't give a fuck what their record is. <laughs> I'm voting for him because, like, that's one of the ones that's never going to be broken. But that's that one, that's that the one. whole thing about. He's breaking the advanced metrics. Is he? Yes. Is he? I just said. I just said. No. He's- no, 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 no. Is he? Jokic. What was Bill Russell's advanced plus minus? You don't know. Like that to me, like, is a mm. difference between breaking something that we know existed and was broken versus breaking something like up until 1999 has never been done before. But oh, I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know what Michael Jordan's plus minus on off was in uh, 93 or 92 when they won 67 games. I don't know. So it's like, yeah, it's impressive. Don't get me wrong. And yo, get me some more wins. Like Ethan said, and like, Hey man, yo, my B two time MVP. I'm with it. I'm okay with it. But don't tell me it's never been done before when it's something that we don't know has been done before or not. Okay, so another thing I think is interesting is Richard Jefferson saying we already gave him an MVP, which tells me like there's that, almost like a there's almost that's like the other thing. That's we, exa- we gave that's him the MVP last year. We're not going to do this again. We're not going to do the giving this guy the statistical MVP when Steph Curry's out here dropping, you know, breaking records and and so blowing the so doors the off of expectations. The corollary a little bit, not quite apples to apples, but the corollary a little bit is Steve Nash winning MVP because the Suns won 62 games and he was amazing, whatever. And then the next year, winning MVP, even the Suns won 54 games, mind you. Mm-hmm. 54, yeah. not, not 500, 54 games. But won no the Amari. division. And no, no Amari Stoudemire in there and also had some trades didn't have quentin richardson mm, from the year so before. what's going on there why is not have why are people, it's getting a little so, racial hold on white guy while, can't get two mvps while while what was happening while kobe bryant was doing what scoring 81 points right mm. so there was a lot of that well kobe should be mvp i'm like kobe won 44 games or whatever it was kobe was a seven seed I don't give a shit what he scored 
this dude, where everyone said the Suns wouldn't make the playoffs because Amari's done, and they lost Joe Johnson in free agency. They went to they. What he they had was won. wins on his side. It was not it win, was like Jokic win, does not wins, have that. Wins and all the metrics, the plus minus stuff, showed that Steve was a crazy impact. Even as a bad defensive player, was crazy impactful to winning and losing. But also, you know what else helped him show that he was crazy impactful to winning and losing? The wins. The actual W's that they got, right? So there is an element moving past what we talked about earlier about like, can you gauge things that haven't been measured for all times or whatever? Yes, there is an element of, yes, Jokic is this quote unquote outsider. And we get, all right, we did the hipster pick last year. Now it's back to normal, <laughs> which is the same conversation that happened. That was with a Steve. crazy, that was a crazy COVID year. We did the hipster pick, yeah, we were getting we, back to normal. <laughs> Yeah, and we're picking traditional. <laughs> also, athletic. there are a lot of people that we're like, taking our masks off pre- and we're giving the MVP to, to <laughs> Steph Curry. Yeah. The other, the other thing that happened last year, and I wasn't a voter last year, so, but this is my my assumption talking to people, is that a lot of people voted for Jokic because of it was the it was the only year I can remember in NBA history where every other major MVP candidate missed time. Mm, they yeah. all missed and he played every game and so it was kind of like mm. there were a lot of people said i voted for Jokic, but if Embiid didn't get hurt he would have been my mvp there was a right. lot of that going on yeah there was a lot of that going on so there's an element of that as well that bolstered his thing is that or not bolstered but bolstered the anti-Jokic argument which is the only reason he won mvp was because he ain't get hurt and everybody else did and i it is funny did Jokic show up fat again I'm trying to remember. Did he show up fat? To this year or last year? This, this year, year. This year. This, he actually this was year. This year. thinner Using even shape. than yes. last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, you could make a narrative case that he came in and he, he's gotten into shape. I mean, again, what's the story? What's the story? The story is he won MVP and he's even better than he was last year. Mm. That's the That's story. Pretty good sto- That's he's pretty leading good story. the NBA in triple doubles. He's better than he was last year. Even though the Denver Nuggets lost their second and their third best player, they're still in the in the playoffs. And leave it at that. So, because as soon as you go into the analytics or the advanced yeah. the, the advanced stats, it gets a little bit muddied in the straw man of like the analytics are winning this How argument. How do not we sell this man? Narrative. This hold on. So How do we sell like, this sleepy let, man to the public? Yeah, let me lob this. Let me lob this non-analytics-driven counter-argument. For most players who we didn't expect to win MVP, the second MVP is way more questioned. So Steve Nash, Giannis Antetokounmpo, unanimous Steph, unanimous Steph, right? Even though he was unanimous. Somehow there was a court that, of public That was a different the- flavor of the conversation because people would go, yeah, yeah, he should have been, he, he should have been MVP, but he shouldn't have been unanimous. And it's like, right. well, what well, is but, that? <laughs> but like, but those same people, because the idea is that a year ago, we were, weren't quite sure whether this guy was MVP. And now you're giving him a second one and it's unanimous. Like there are, there are kind of like superlatives layered on top of, it's not just because honestly, the winning of the MVP comes down to just this season. I said, like, they don't define you what the what what uh, defines most or valuable, right? The only defined thing is player. You got to be a player. Can't be the coach. And the second thing is the year, 2020, 2021. Not what he did last year. Not what he's going to do over the next five years. Right now. So it shouldn't be impacted by what happened before. But somehow 
they are impacted, right? There is a feeling of like, okay, uh, got the thing. Bomani, okay, another one. Bomani chimed in on this, saying, um, responding to the athletic survey of ex NBA players, they surveyed uh, 118 former NBA players and asked them. This was in the off season, heading into the season, is not right now. That's important in this conversation. Um, who is the best current NBA player? And 44% said Kevin Durant. 31% said LeBron. And then way back in third place, like by far, it was Giannis. And then even lower than that was Steph Curry. Even lower than that was Joel Embiid. And sixth was Jokic. Can we say there's clearly bias against the non-Americans who yeah. aren't a part of the AAU system at, at this point? I mean, it just seems obvious. And that's it's part a, of what I mean, Bomani is saying is Bomani goes, we have no idea what to do with Jokic, who is playing better than anyone in the NBA for the second straight year. But few can bring themselves to say is surely better than these five guys. It is the damnedest thing, Bomani said. It's, it's, but I mean, but to be fair, to take this away from race and towards xenophobia, which is where Ethan, yeah. the path that Ethan wants to walk down. Yeah. This is the same shit that happened with Giannis. When we had the Players Awards, remember those? Those were fun. And they gave the, they gave the MVP, they gave their MVP to Harden. Because the idea is that Giannis is this outsider, interloper. I don't know you. I don't, I don't, I can't vet you. I can't verify you, but Harden, I've known since I was in the ninth grade, mm. either playing against him or, or coming up behind yep. him, right? So there is an element, absolutely, I think, of NBA players, more than race, I think. It's xenophobia. It's the yep. idea that I didn't see you when we were all getting vetted in this, this pool over here. You were out there, like, eating souflakis and heroes and like you know with a pinwheel and wearing like a sailor outfit which is how they imagine this shit you read you, 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 book. You, you wear a speedo when you go to the beach right <laughs> who right, can understand right. what's happening but it's also like there's a level of this happens all the time it happens with Jokic it happens with Giannis it happens with Goran Dragic it happens with all of them the idea that because you grew up over there you had it nice and easy meanwhile we were here the Just microscope on us since we were in sixth grade. Yeah. And we well, were, yeah. This, yeah, this is such a, 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 I think, one of those conversations that I just don't see had that often. But I think nationality is huge as far as the resonance of a player within the United States. And it's not just white people. It's not just white guys with pickup trucks. It's black people, too. It's It's everybody. There's a certain familiarity to being an American to Americans that I think is underrated by somebody, let's say in the league office who flies around the world and considers themselves to have an international sensibility. Is it underrated or is it they uh, hubris? Yeah. They reached the point where they thought, ah, America's fine. America's bought in. Don't worry. We need to get these other places. Like we're we're looking for growth markets because this one, our base is taken care of. We're good. It's almost like we can sell it. You know what it is? Back to America. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not that you can sell it back to America. You know what? It's exactly this. It's Hillary Clinton not campaigning in Wisconsin because Wisconsin's fine. We fucking destroyed it last election. Shout out to Barry O, you know, like, and like the reality is you got to still play the base. You got to still play the hits. You can't go out there with your new experimental shit. It's nice to keep doing new experimental shit, but not at the expense of the base. And I think in that regard, Ethan, you're right. I think the NBA has forgotten. You have to play to the base at least a little bit because they're not going to buy into all these new experimental songs called Luka Doncic and Giannis Antetokounmpo. 
when the moment for intimacy arrives, you need to be ready. Roman ready. Whether you've been in a relationship for years or you're just getting started, having confidence that comes from preparation means you're free to enjoy the moment when the moment comes. Even though you're far from ordinary, the truth is that ED is really common. In fact, 52% of guys aged 40 to 70 experience some form of erectile dysfunction. So here's what I need you to do. Go to GetRoman.com slash Habershow, H-A-B-E-R-S-H-O-W, right now and go speak to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional about erectile dysfunction. And guess what? We'll get you $15 off your first month of treatment. ED is a lot more common than people think. You know, as I said, 52% of guys between 40 and 70 will experience some form of ED. Roman Ready is confidence personified. It's a self-assurance that comes from knowing you prepared yourself for the moment intimacy arrives. Roman system is confidential, totally discreet. There's no big logos or labels on the packages. And with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction all from the comfort and privacy of your home. It works really easy. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you, find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, it ships you free with two-day shipping. Straightforward, convenient, discreet. That's how I would describe this process. And it's real easy for you. All you got to do is go to GetRoman.com slash Habershow and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home, folks. Go to GetRoman.com slash Habershow. Again, that's H-A-B-E-R-S-H-O-W. If you're prescribed, you'll get $15 off your first month of ED treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this fall. Roman ready. If his name was Nick Jones and he went to Wisconsin, if this would be a different conversation or he went to Duke. It would be. I think that I think Americans don't even understand how American they are. We're all the way over here. We're cut off from a lot of the world. You know, we're not on an island, but we're on a different hemisphere from the vast majority of the world. We have different cultural cues. We have just a different way of understanding things that we're not even always aware of. And it's reflected. I mean, it's reflected in the numbers. It's reflected in the viewership. I, I mean, it's amazing to me that Nike didn't make an ad for Giannis after he won the fucking championship. I mean, they probably should have, but I think that is a bit of an indicator as far as how much of a hunger there is in in this country. And I think that there was an assumption, there was an assumption from the people running the league that this wouldn't be as much of a barrier as it turned out to be, that they could internationalize the sport. And in, it seems like in soccer, it is that way, where people are just into guys from other countries more so and they're more accepting because it's an international sport it's an international sport where even the title of what's the best league in the world is not defined from era to era because at one point the italian league was the best league in the world and then spanish league and now cepl and and so it's always been a sport that's obviously played in a lot more places embraced in a lot more places whereas basketball a lot younger sport i should add has to have had sold itself. And also we know that the NBA is the end all be all. If there was a true European, like EuroLeague style uh, basketball league, meaning every year we have like, say four NBA teams and two from Turkey and two from Spain and whatever. Mm. And this is the league. This is the champions league of basketball. 
and it's not the same because you have to be excellent to be in it, then maybe basketball will be more international. But the reality is as long as we operate as a closed league, the best league in the world is only these 30 teams, no matter how bad the Pistons are, no matter how great whatever the Warriors are, these are always going to be the teams. That makes it, it prevents it on some level from getting that widespread acceptance that uh, soccer does. It's a very American league without ever acknowledging it with wanting to be something else. I, I thought it was an interesting clip after the U.S. won the Olympic gold. Kevin Durant afterwards is saying, come on, you thought it was, come on, you thought somebody was better than us? Come on, come mm-hmm. on. I mean, and it was, it, they, they it lost was in the World Cup. Yeah, but that's like that's the thing. It's like on one hand he's right; it's ridiculous. This is the greatest concentration of talent in every any other country. On the other hand, you fucking lost in the World Cup. Yeah, no, I know, but but I I think it was an indicator. But that was the that, B squad. That, that was the B squad. Is what he said. I think it was an indicator the that there's there's a pride there. There's a pride there, and it's not necessarily. It gets very conflated. We have a lot of arguments as a country politically over it. We had the kneeling and everything else about what the anthem means and what the flag means and everything else. But if you take it out of that realm, there is still just a sense of place and familiarity that I think is very much underrated in this whole popularity yeah. contest that the league seeks. And I'm not I don't want people to get it confused. I'm not saying that it's bad that there are players from other countries or anything like it. It's just a fact that those players are going to have less resonance than, let's say, LeBron James. What was part of his story? I'm just a kid from Akron. Right. You know, that resonates a little bit more with the United States. You know, and it's uh, part of it. I can't ignore the fact that Austin Reeves is a heartthrob in NBA world huh. right now. Right. Like if, if, if Jokic was Nick Jones, imagine what his star power yeah. would be in this league when we have AR-15 already nicknamed in uh in LA. We have this fetishization of, of Alex Caruso, who's becoming like mm-hmm. – way bigger star than what his numbers suggest. And yes, he what plays a certain way. Tyler, that- Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero, Kevin Herter, Gordon Hayward before he went to the Celtics, I would argue, is another person that that carried a lot more star power well, than the, the big test case will be Chet Holmgren because he's a white American theoretical superstar who is very, let's just say, odd looking. <laughs> will that have resonance <laughs> when we're talking about it in the boardroom of yeah, uh, trying to map Chet. out the future of the NBA? By the way, the Bleacher Report posted uh, Trevor Reese's video from the locker room last night um, of, oh, of Trevor Reese saying, uh, calling him light skin. Is that his, his nickname well, within the locker room is, is light skin. And the comments, I'm just going to read, sample a few comments from uh, from Bleacher Posts, Bleacher Report's post in the comments from Trevor Reza saying, hell yeah, light skin. Um, first comment, bro, imagine the roles reversed, skull sign. But if the roles were reversed, dot, 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 light skin, bro is white. AR-15 is his new name. Getting that Tyler Hero treatment. Wow, you could you imagine if it was the other way around? These are all the number why, one. Why the other way most around? Why, we would be living people's... in like some alternate universe where, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to even like 80% of the NBA players were white dudes and up was down. What? Like, it's hard It'd be to Tiger Woods and golf, right? When it be that, white, people, just... white people, there's nothing more white people love. To, this is their favorite pastime. 
Oh, uh, we're, we're going to be negatively the, pathologized, Tom. What, Are you ready for if, it? Are you ready yeah. for it? What if the roles were reversed? Oh, my God. So there was a, a you know, I, I follow on Instagram uh, the uh, account Brother HQ. And it's it's kind of like a like a frat boyish thing. They post a lot of videos. I, I like their shit because it's just like ridiculous videos from around the internet. It's one of these aggregators, right? Yeah. One of the videos, and I, I believe they're big fans of the Levitard show, so that's another reason why I follow them. <laughs> Uh, they follow me back and they repost my shit. Uh, so they posted a video of like this party. Ethan, the only reason why he likes this account is they like him. That's basically what of it course. is. Yeah, much, yeah, I know. Pretty yeah. much. I, I, no, no, I'm no, already I like, distracted. I, like I was already imagining an alternate universe where Brian Windhorst is LeBron James and LeBron James is Brian Windhorst. Like that, I was already but just going look, down. They look the same as they do yeah, right now. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm with you on that. So, so the rules being reversed. So that in this video, there's it's a party and they've got like one of these layered cakes, like almost like a wedding cake, but not as big. And they're passing it around. But instead of like taking slices, everyone's just taking a bite out of it face first. And I put the comment. What, guys? What, 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 what? To date, that is my most popular comment in the history of Instagram. Over 16,000 likes. And thousands of responses, and most of the responses are white people say, "But if I said black, no, I'd black you would not." And I'm wait, like, "Wait, I'm still confused." So wait, what was happening with the cake and the like? What's going on? They're passing around a one of these like miniature wedding style cakes with three layers, right? Like the base yes. is wide, the whatever, and like everyone is biting, like not taking a slice, but just imagine this is the cake. Imagine this is the cake, and they're just going yeah. like this, and passing it to the next person. So, so I know you're trying well. to make a broader point, but I'm now fixated on like this is a mm. this is a stereotype that apparently is resonant that stereotype, I did not know about. The stereotype the, is this. Let me let me let me. Do I, do I eat cake without a spoon Still, and no, fork? No, 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 no. The stereotype is white people do the type of gross shit where they will pass a cake they've been face firsting to the next person. Much like the stereotype is white people will take a bite out of a sandwich, let their dog bite the sandwich, and then continue to eat the sandwich. I've, that happened in a movie uh, that we did on Cinephobe, yeah. An Honesty. And yes, I 100% believe that there are many people, the same people who will pick up their dog and, yes, I love you, mm, and let yeah. the dog lick their tongue. Mm. These so are is the things, stereotype that white people are less germophobic? Is that the stereotype? The dirty slash gross. Yes, that is the generic stereotype. <laughs> well, there's now, the good spin and there's the bad spin, right? No, no, you no, know, no, no. I'm not. I'm not even trying to go good spin, bad spin. I'm just telling you that's a stereotype. The difference between black people believing this about white people and what if the roles were reversed? Well, I always say this. Well, look, hold on. Do we get 400 years of white people enslaved? Mm-hmm. And a choice at, at, and, and best credit scores and housing districts and school school districts and, and uh, loan rates for mortgages and all that stuff. If that's the role reverse, fuck it. We'll do it yesterday. <laughs> we'll do it yesterday. Go ahead. Call me gross and seems dirty. Like, seems as like I have an 800 credit score and, and get uh, access to the lowest goddamn uh, mortgage rates and put my kids in great school districts and never have to worry about people calling the cops on me because I'm a little too loud in my hotel room and never have to worry when I see flashing lights behind me and be able to say, officer, get the fuck away from me without being worrying about my life. If that's the deal, roles reversed, we'll all do it. I guarantee you every single black person would do it today, right now. 
still trying to think if I ever ate a cake slice with somebody else. Yeah. I, I, I don't appreciate that stereotype. Some, I mean, I don't appreciate that. The notion that I would be a Neanderthal. I noticed. If the roles are reversed to me, the roles are reversed. I noticed neither of y'all said anything about feeding your pet something and then eating it afterwards. Well, you know, uh, uh, uh-huh. I mean, he's I mean, pretty clean. He doesn't like lick his own, yeah, asshole. Yeah. Like he's or I his grundle. I, like he's pretty I clean. I, I trust it. I don't, I, you yeah, know, I don't my favorite think thing I've done anything. When, I don't think I've done anything when like say, that. We can't I, be so oh, sure. Not, Ethan says I don't. I, I can't recall. When well, pe- I'm sure. I think he's like I feed him something with peanut butter all the time. I feed him his meds with peanut butter, and it's like you know. Do I, after I give him the thing, I've got some extra peanut butter on my fingers. Do I take yep. that peanut butter? I mean, maybe, yes. maybe yes. it happens. So, so let me, let me say this like this. My favorite one denial is when they say a dog's mouth is cleaner than a human's mouth. I'm like, in not. what fucking world? In what world? They say it's that. Not. Oh, because there's bacteria no. in there. That da, 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 da. Shut the fuck up with your Why dirty is it like ass. the Eddie Murphy white guy imitation? <laughs> like the, you know, it's the cleanest it's actually, mouth. Now you know what it is? I, like, I've done some soul searching. You know what it is? It's Professor Frank. Professor Frank. From, From the, the Simpsons. Oh, I've been leaving. Leaving, leaving. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh. No, that's. Uh, I thought it, it sounds. It sounds very much like Eddie Murphy white guy voice. Then. Um. Yeah. I mean, the dogs' mouths are disgusting. I think that's that's pretty clear. But you know, it's uh, it's what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? We can't be completely. Afraid of disease all I've the been, time, guys. Racist and a so many segue. times on that Instagram. Racist I, so many times on the, on the fucking Instagram. It's amazing. And you know what's my favorite is whenever someone does it and they have a private account. I request to follow. By the way, you know, I what, know, I felt what, dir- you know what I felt dirty doing, even though it was completely in a professional capacity. I, for just a story, I want to interview Brittany Renner. Um, just because she exists. Oh, you give it away. Kinda, you can't give it away because yeah. someone else is going to try and do it. Yeah. Well, if they do it, they do it because I can't get in touch with her. I don't know how to. I don't know how to do that. You, but I you, you, weird. Want, you want me to get you in touch with her? Yeah, yeah. If you can facilitate, sure. I mean, because I felt weird, like sending an Instagram DM. It just felt strange. It felt very strange. Like, oh, Allie, you don't Allie's, Allie goes through your phone. No. Yeah, I, lo- I love that idea yeah. that Allie thinks that that Ethan is cheating on her. With Britney Renner. That's, I mean, that, <laughs> hey, the Substack money's been crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to hit on two things here because this is already a great pod, um, and we've already gone pod length time here. But I want to come back to a mea culpa here. The other night, Amin and I were doing a post game show when Steph broke the record, and I said it was a really cool moment, coolest moment of the season, in my opinion. I mean, misconstrued it to say I thought it was the coolest, the biggest game of the season, and then I got confused, and then I I got no, flu- yeah. I got I got flustered, I got flustered. rattled. There you go. I got okay. rattled, and then I doubled down, yeah. Ethan. I yeah, said, yeah. I think this is going to be the the most highest rated game of the season because I got flustered yeah. when Amin was coming back. No, no, I gave him outs. No network. No network I gave TV. Him, yeah. I gave him outs. I gave him outs. I said, no, come on, not the most. Like it might be a cool moment in the season. Yeah, no, the most. He kept doubling down. And I doubled down and I said, I guarantee you tonight's game is going to be the highest rated game of the season. And it means like bullshit. 
Ratings came yeah. out. Not really close. No. My favorite, it was the fourth my favorite best part. rated game of the season. And we're well, only, I mean, we're not even out of the NFL part of the season. Not, how do you my not get, give part. yourself the out of the network? Just say, because network TV, you're getting spotted a million just by showing up. You get an extra yeah. million people. Dude, I, my favorite part was someone on Twitter tweeted, Tom Haberstow was right. Amin was wrong. And then posted an excerpt that was supposed right. to prove his point. <laughs> And I looked at, and no, his own excerpt that he sent me. I'm like, bro, it's right here. It says that like Warriors fucking oh, Lakers on opening yeah. night was higher and Warriors. Nets. I was like, did you not read your own fucking proof? And he mm-hmm. said, oh, nah. And this is why Twitter doesn't fucking like matter uh, because yeah, there's people yeah. who are willing to scream from a mountaintop saying, I have the proof. And the proof they hold in their hand is literally like saying, especially on ratings, wrong. though. This is what I mean, t- this is. Ethan's life is is hearing from people on oh, social God. media about how wrong he was about the ratings conversation. Anytime ESPN NBA or Tina Turner's PR folks put out a press release about how good the ratings were, there's so many things that Ethan and I, we text this actually quite a bit, about the math and and the denominators and the caveats that they throw in there to make it seem like the world is watching the NBA. And I was kind of, Ethan, can you unpack beyond the whole network thing I was surprised that the Steph record game at Madison Square Garden got a 2.35, which was a 16% drop to its 2019 comp. Um, yeah. The, 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 it was – what was its comp? Like I a think regular Bucks, ass Bucks game? Lake, it was a Bucks it's, lakers game, I believe. Okay, so that's, that's a decent game. I, I think it was, I was, I think it was a cool like, one. It was, it was, it was, it was Magic Bulls from like two years yeah. ago. No, I think it was one of those where Giannis was putting the uh, invisible crown on his head. I think it was one of those cool ones. Yeah, I mean that's a little surprising. You would have thought it would have done better, but they've already they've already tried it, right? There was already, hey, everybody tune in. Maybe Steph's going to make 16 threes. And then, okay, but he's definitely going to do it this Mm. time against the Sixers. So you got to, you know, this time he's going to do it. And so I think you go the third time, there's already a sense of, yeah, you know, I tune. Yeah, Yeah. there's like I've already. But you know what? The most interesting aspect of it to me is this. Steph, simply by caring about this record, has elevated the record. This is not a record that people would ordinarily care too much about. <laughs> Reggie and I Ray didn't remember. even remember like anything yeah. about their games that they surpassed. Like Reggie was like, I don't even remember the game. Yeah, nobody gave a shit about this record, but because Steph Well, nobody gave so a shit until, until Ray Allen. Ray yeah. Allen, that one was a big one, because I remember that game. I remember what a big deal they made. Uh, and but, then obviously Steph... Steph but did Steph, well. just by being so excited about it, it, it's contagious. His enthusiasm for the record is what made everybody else get into it. And I find that to be interesting. I wonder how many things like it, like that there are. Some record that we thought, oh, okay, so that's like another record. And, you know, people shoot a lot of threes these days. But if you care about it, then we'll care about it. And it's genuine care. And that's what that's what made it a thing. And I think it was it was great for the NBA and it was great for interest. Do you guys watch uh, cooking videos on Instagram? Only the one oh, that looks I like Ethan. All, all the time. All the time. <laughs> the guy that looks like Ethan. The Turkish, I love, the Turkish Strauss. I, I love um, cooking them and making them apparently. Okay. So like one of two things I, I, I don't have any other outlet to talk about this. <laughs> I hate. I would say three things on these videos 
for the most part. Number one is I hate any video that is basically a replication of another video. So right now the big one is the that's British song that samples another one bites the dust. And it's like the video will start like this and then the camera will switch and then you'll see there's like four people and they're all head bopping ostensibly at the same rhythm. But a lot of times because there's a white people, not at the same rhythm. And I just don't so understand. Much We're just time. getting he slandered said, here, just, Ethan. So many strays. But I don't understand the, the infatuation with let me recreate a video that like some other no name did. It, it's not even like let me recreate. Let me list. And they keep recreating. That's one. Two in the cooking video. Two in the cookie vi- cooking videos where they'll make this thing and they'll throw the thing and do the other thing. And at the end, they'll take a knife and scrape it across the top. And I'm like, what is that supposed to fucking do? I don't mm. know. What is that proving? I don't know. And then three in the cooking video. They take a bite of whatever they made, and then they they, and they, they, nod, and they, they share open with their, their eyes wide, and they nod their head vigorously, <laughs> and a thumbs up. Oh, no, no, no. Mm. I don't understand. Like, is this supposed to make it more appealing to me? Which is funny, because I actually like all the content in the between. Then they end it with that, with a nice scrape. By the way, bite, who are you? Oh, no, no. This is some Waz stuff. Like you, you, you watch cooking videos now. Yeah. Like what? Well, I, I, I his co-host here now. I mean, El Hassan. I just, I just, I like, look, look. Let me show you this one. Right? Right, so this one is like someone just dropped a chicken drum and they poured some like thing and they dip it in some stuff and they put a, more stuff and da da da, fry it up and then glaze it, blah blah blah. And like, okay, that's man, that's cool. Oh, yeah, wow, that's and then. That that guy oh, at the end again. He's a white guy. guy. It's a white guy. It's always a white guy. Always a white guy. You off in traffic um, no, today. <laughs> let me tell you, the black version of this it's probably Stugatz is the black version is to do a voiceover and then end it with like a pithy catchphrase. <laughs> I told you, I'm really nice with this, or whatever. <laughs> and every time I'm like, just just show me your fucking food, man. That's it. I am caught up on how people react to eating the food because you do have to perform it. There's a guy named the Food Ranger who goes all over East Asia eating food. He's a white guy from Canada, I think. He sort of has dead, beady eyes. I hope he never listens to it. I'm not trying to insult him. but there's Trevor James, one million followers, followed by Sherwood Strauss. uh, But if you (laughs) – if if, if I learned that this guy was a serial killer, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm just saying there are these beady eyes – and he performs the liking of the food in such an exaggerated way that it does make me uncomfortable. He goes, he's wearing sunglasses. With the big thumbs need, up. I, and it's too much. I need to find him eating it. I feel like there's a lot of still pictures here. Well, I mean, I don't – I follow him on Instagram, but he's mostly a YouTube guy. He goes around oh. – he'll go around China. He'll he'll eat the food and he'll like, have this big exaggerated – response to the thumbs up but these food guys these food bloggers they are massive youtube celebrities with millions of followers yeah. uh, See, this is the thing that, ethan this is the thing brandon Payne, after he was on the show with us the other night hmm. um he texted me he's like man thanks for having me on like i i i love the show and you know i just think you guys have the dream job and i was like brandon, wow man, hold on well, no, no. For the listeners who didn't listen to Le- Levitard yet or this week, or who is Brandon Payne? He's Stephen Curry's trainer, who basically that- has an inside front row seat to the greatest basketball player in the sure. world, right? Uh, with n- with no stress about wins or losses, by the way. Just just and- make sure Steph feels good. 
And he says, we have the dream job. And I was like, dude, you've got like an amazing job. Like you're Steph Curry's trainer. Are you kidding me? This Like people would kill to have that kind of access and just to be Steph Curry's pal, right? Um, But me, dream job is those guys, food ranger guys, is just to travel the world and eat all day long and just be paid to do it. That sounds like a dream job for me. It does, and man, you're tempting me to make the morbid reference that just has to pop into your head, oh, though, when yeah. you talk about this, yeah. which is one Anthony Bourdain, the top of the heap, the apotheosis of that kind of job, apparently it wasn't enough, which is bringing our conversation about happiness full circle, I suppose. But yeah, I would agree, and it's the personalities that rise to the top. It's interesting. I think you want to have a sunny disposition, speaking of which, there's a guy Gordon Ramsay, no. Well, yeah, I mean, a little- he can he can be good at showing you how to make the food. But as far as the food tours, uh, there's a guy oh, named yeah. Sonny, best food review ever. Uh, he's hilarious. That guy's really good at it. But on Instagram, uh, uh, he might be on Instagram. I don't know. Uh, Mark Weens has a very nice disposition about him. He seems like a very friendly guy. I think that's part of what people like about that guy, Mark Weens. Um, but yeah, it's this whole. It's this whole world, this whole world of food. When I'm procrastinating and I'm trying to write something middle of the night, you know, that's definitely I might I might check out one of those videos. I'm gonna tell you why that's not the dream job, Tom, because ninety percent of the job appears to be having to have quick cut edits and like a fun catchphrase and then mm, nom, nom. and I, I think I would like it's the reason why I can't oh, do any of this shit. I'm like and, I, and guess what? You have to work overtime not to get fat. I mean, when Sonny of Best Food Review Ever, he once did a video showing how he prevents himself from getting fat. And it's, I wake up in the morning and it's this workout and then there's that workout. And then when I'm not on the clock, when I'm not filming your videos, I just put an egg in the microwave with no oil, no nothing and eat that egg. And then, you know, flavorless chicken on top of a bed of greens with sriracha or whatever. And this is how I live my life away from the camera. It's like, oh, okay, never mind. This doesn't seem like the thing. Did you just take a really bad gulp of water? Yes, water. What? It's like if Mean had disdain for my point. It's funny. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, the segue I want to make is like the NBA ratings. Uh, eight of the uh, top 10 rated games of the season are all Warriors games. And Ethan, you covered this for quite a bit. Is the, uh, the TV audience for the NBA is shrinking, and no one wants to seem to acknowledge it? Um, which brings us to your latest article about COVID and the NBA's choice mm. with COVID. Because I'll set you up this way: I talked to someone in the league yesterday who said um, the NBA is not going to skip any games. The NBA is not losing any games this year. Like we have to acknowledge that the um, the mandate from the beginning was we need to get these games in all 82 and we're not going to test every day because, hey, if we test every day, we might be losing some players and we can't lose games. Like that was the mandate, unspoken mandate from the league is we got to yeah. get these games in. Um, and now it seems like that might be shifting is mm. it looks like they're going to test more. They were not daily tests, doing daily tests of the of the players before. They did it for like a couple of days after Thanksgiving. And the idea is, you know what? We want to reward 
getting vaccines. If you are going to get a vaccine, then we are going to let you have your freedom on the road for have your, have your lifestyle return fairly back to normal is we're not going to police you going out on your, you know, nightlife or going out to restaurants or going to see family or whatever that we're not going to ping you for breaking protocols. But now that Omicron seems to be flooding the the sports leagues right now, um, they might be changing their policy and going back to daily testing. And the thing that I've heard within the league circles is a lot of frustration that players are being put into 10 players and staffers are being put into 10 day protocols for asymptomatic positives is that they can't go see their family. They have to be isolated for 10 days when they don't feel a damn thing. And now more than ever are asymptomatic cases that are uh, putting players away for two weeks, 10 days. And a lot of the sentiment within the league is, and I'm not saying the league office, I'm saying teams is, man, do we got to do this? If it's asymptomatic, should we change the policy? Because if this is, if no one's getting sick, are we really going to go with these rules when we're vaccinated? Most of us are vaccinated and we're not feeling a damn thing. Yeah. Um, I'm getting that same frustration as, as well when I talk to people. And there's a feeling of the entire operation hanging by a thread because so many people are getting knocked out with these protocols. And it appears that – how do we even pronounce it? It sounds like an Israeli prime minister. Omicron. 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 Come Omicron. on, Omicron person. You Maze, I feel like Maze is a good arbiter here. Maze, oh. is it uh, Omicron, Omicron? It's Omicron. Omicron per CIA. You never okay. watched Futurama? I no. remember. But Pepperidge Farms remembers. But um, yeah, I, but this, this Omicron seems like it is very transmissible, but not as deadly, which is great. Yeah. But then it creates this, a situation where you're going, if this is the case – why are we all running around like Chicken Little? The sky is falling just because somebody gets well, it. Is or do we know that every case is an Omicron case versus a regular? No, case? but but Omicron is coming. Like winter is coming. It's it's spread. it's here. Yes, it's here. Yeah, it's not coming. It's here. But it's, like not every case is going to be an Omicron case. Well, we don't not know. We don't know. Uh, CDC said that three percent of cases right now are o- Omicron, but. That's like a few weeks ago when they tested those samples. So yeah, it was three three percent right. three so weeks it, ago, but it, today it could be forty percent. The NFL close. chief medical officer, I'll just say this: the NFL chief medical op- officer said it's the dominant strain. Yeah, and the NBA um, detected their first Omicron yesterday, which doesn't really tell us much if that test was taken three weeks ago, right? Yeah, and I think I mean I read the article by Baxter Holmes, and they're having this conversation about. Ramped up testing. They ramped up testing uh, after Thanksgiving because of the onset of cases. And now there's talk of even more testing, although it seems like maybe that testing is going to start around January, which made me smile because I think there might be a little bit of a sense of we need to get these Christmas Day games in or we're screwed. <laughs> well, that's that's, um, that's the also the big thing here is that Giannis and Harden are in protocols and yeah. that's jeopardizing their Christmas Day game appearances. Yeah. Um yeah, and I think there's this broader conversation of the whole thing of are we just going to be doing this forever? Like what's the benchmark for when we stop? And some people are very comfortable with this being perpetual. 
And I do think they trend more towards people without kids. I mean, it's from all walks of life. But I, I think that, you know, if you're somebody without children, there's a sense of, hey, it's batting down the hatches time. This time of year, we're going to batten down the hatches. And then then it's relaxation. We're going to relax. I think that there are a lot of people who are wondering, hey, they've got vaccines. Um, in January, they're going to have an antiviral. They've got the monoclonal antibodies, and to be sure, there are still a lot of people passing away from this illness. Most, I mean, the vast majority appear to be unvaccinated. Um, so, I mean, my perspective on this personally is just one of I can ride out restrictions for a period of time, but you're going to have to tell me the plan. You're yeah. going to have to tell me when this stops and why. Like what? What is the plan? Why, why do they have to give you? No, why do they have to give you the plan? Because not everybody wants to live this way. It's not but, worth but it even, to everybody. What, it, what would you rather? Because I I've seen this happen where people are given the plan and then new information arises that makes it say, "Ooh, the original plan doesn't work. We need to change the plan." And be like, I thought you said. I thought you said. Mm-hmm. So that's why they don't give the plan anymore because all of you stupid fucks are like, I thought you said every single time something happens. Well, I mean, to be frank about it, one of the reasons why you need to have a plan is that sense of if you're running a marathon, you need to know when the marathon ends to apportion so, your energy. To apportion what if your, you didn't know when the end of the marathon was? What if you don't know when the end of the marathon is? Well, you well, have it, to be able to give some no, sense of something. What, it can't be perpetual. Are, is Doc Brown coming in? The, the, what if you don't know when the end of the, when the finish line is? You have no idea. Well, well you can live that way. Well, I'll put it this way: because there are different sectors of society that have different responsibilities. Uh, the people running things will be voted out of office. Is what's going to happen, and that's what we saw on November second. Um, I mean, pretty clearly, dramatically. I mean, New Jersey was a shocker. I don't think it was talked about much like in our world. Um, you know, we were kind of focused on the NBA, but some no name Republican trying to become governor in New Jersey against an incumbent nearly won it. Nobody had ever heard of the dude. And Phil Murphy, the current governor of New Jersey, said it. It's like they're they're sick of the masks. They're sick of the restrictions. I mean, that's how I nearly lost my job as an incumbent governor in a state that went 16 percent for Joe Biden in 2020. So, yeah, I mean, to what you're saying, I mean, yeah, they could do it. Like people running things can do that. That's something they can do if they think that's the way to do it. And maybe you're of the opinion that they should say, you know, fuck the consequences. We're going to do it that way. But there's going to be too much frustration. I don't think it's tenable for most people. I think people – I guess what you're arguing, Ethan, is if you want the players and the staffers to be compliant with the protocols – you got to give them a there carrot. Needs, there got, there's yeah, got to be the, the, something. There's got to be a carrot. There's got to be a sense of this is when we stop doing this. I, there, me, it is the, a minority of people who want to live this way forever. To me, to me nobody. Saying. No, 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 no. It's not a minority of people. It's not a minority of people who want to live this way forever. Nobody wants to live this way forever. Let's, yeah. let's make that clear. But to me, it's overall, before we talk about basketball or sports specifically, in general, like it's no one wants to live this way, but also the reason why we're living this way is because we don't know shit about this shit yet in mm. order to be able to find long term solutions to say, boom, don't have to worry about it. Smallpox was eliminated 
in the world, the world, like no one's died of smallpox in 40 plus years. The reason why is because, hey, there's this vaccine. Well, let's all get it. And that was it. And it was it was done. The problem with this thing is that we have as much resistance, and I'm not doing this like, oh, shame on you for being anti-vax, but you have to understand when you make a decision to say, I don't trust that shit. I'm not going to do that shit. That means I'm inheriting some other shit. The other shit you're inheriting is, well, this thing is going to keep going because the first solution we came up with, you weren't with, so we got to keep working until we find other solutions. That's number one. Number two is when you get to the sports level, I get it. You are a sports entity. You are dealing with a union. There has to be carrots and sticks, right? The carrot is get vaccinated. You ain't got to do all this testing and shit. You could get. You don't. Yeah. You don't have to do the restrictions. Who yeah. gets to go to the hotel? Who gets to go out to dinner? You get to live like pre twenty twenty. But with a disease that is forever mutating and that we still haven't gotten a hold of as a society. Sometimes that shit doesn't work. But we're so never going to get s- a hold of it. It's never yes, going no, no. away. It's hap- No, it's going <laughs> to... Again, there are 8 billion diseases in the history of mankind that we got a hold of at some point. Maybe not eradicated to the, the level of smallpox, but, but we've, got never, a hold of to- we, we've never cured the common cold. I mean, I, I see what you're but saying. The common, but yeah. like, hold on. We, we've yeah. never cured the common cold, but we've created a second set of circumstances and regulations and medicines and all in combination that have reduced the fatal impact of the common cold for the most part. And that's the point. The point is we haven't reached common cold levels of handling. We've handled the common cold. So, so what point. I'm saying is that somebody needs to define what that level is. If you want perpetual compliance, like that's what no, has the, to happen. The level is when people aren't dying left and right and the ICUs aren't full to the point where the 3% occupant or 3% vacancy rate. That's the level. The level is when, when if I have, a, if, if Tom, sorry, Tom, to use this example, if Tom's mom has to go to the ICU for her very real, very uncurable uh, disease that she can find a, a bed in there that's open because it's not taken by some dickhead who said, well, if you guys don't give me a plan, well, what am I going to do now? That's the point. Yeah. That's the, the threshold. And I get it. Is it inconvenient? Oh, fuck. Oh, sorry. It's so inconvenient washing my hands and wearing a mask and having a needle inside. It is inconvenient. Trust me, I got the booster on Friday. I was fucking not the fuck out for all of Saturday. It was inconvenient as fuck to feel feverish and achy and weak and having to go take the shits every three minutes. That shit fucking sucked. But guess what? Sucks a little less than A, actually catching COVID and having to be hospitalized, B, having COVID, being hospitalized, and taking a spot that might go to someone who doesn't have COVID but actually fucking needs a hospital bed. Mm. Way more. Well, yeah, I I think that's I mean that's an argument for more vaccination certainly because that prevents hospitalization of death. I think the conversation about what we're prevented to do, um, some of these restrictions that I don't think have a lot of evidence uh, in favor of their effectiveness. 
Well, Give I think ma- mass mandates, uh, vaccine, even f- vaccine passports. I mean, in Europe, they've had vaccine passports in some of these countries, France, for instance, um, and the spread just goes. It just doesn't seem like we have so, uh, as many this- methods for containment as we would want to have. So- Ireland, over a 90% vaccination rate in that country, and they got completely swamped by it. So I think that's, you know, it's a different conversation. Obviously, we well, but- agree, like vaccination no, 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 curbs, but, but hospitalization, by- and death. But- but see, but here's here's where people play with the details. Hmm. Swamp by it meaning what? Positive tests for COVID? Yeah. Or hospitalizations for COVID? Well, that's why we're talking about should which the, one? Is, no, 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 no. Which benchmark, one is it? Well, no, 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 no. Positive, yeah. positive tests. Which that, to what you're saying, right, to po- what you're saying. Let me let me con- right. let me finish. Mm-hmm. Should we be basing our decision making on positive tests and cases, or should we be basing? Our reaction as a society to hospitalizations. I just think so that's that's the conversation. My my thing is this: once you reach the threshold where hospitalizations aren't a talking matter, then we can say, "Hey, man, is this too much for someone who has the sniffles and has to stay home for a couple of days, like they have the flu?" That's that's where you can have that conversation. The problem is we haven't reached that threshold because too many people are refusing this. But, and by the way, again, I have to point out every single time, I'm not saying, fuck you, get vaccinated. If you don't believe in getting vaccinated because you think it might cause an allergic reaction because you think whatever, that's cool. But the problem isn't people who aren't vaccinated. The problem is people who aren't vaccinated but still want to choose to live their lives like everybody who is vaccinated. No, no, no. That's the carrot and stick we were talking about. That's how they convinced players to get vaccinated. Many players to get vaccinated. Yeah. It was like, yo, if you do this, we're not going to have to do all this other shit where we, the brain tickler and all that stuff. That's the, 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 the kind of the, the deal you make. The problem becomes in a society, obviously not in a league, but in a society where so many people choose not to get vaccinated, but aren't saying, well, because I'm not vaccinated, I'm still going to be like staying at home for the most part. These people are like, no, go let me go to the bar and do shots because we back outside right now. And that's the combination that becomes dangerous. So it makes it almost irrelevant what kind of league measures you take. Because at the end of the day, you know, once you say, yeah, if you guys get vaccinated, you ain't got to worry about this shit. That motherfuckers are going out. And they're living their life, but they're living their life among these other people, which means in a locker room environment, they bring it back. And it's so easy when we see what happened to Charlotte and Chicago. It's so easy to pass. I I guess. But how much evidence is there that the vaccination is inhibiting spread? I mean, there's good evidence to say that the vaccination curbs hospitalization, curbs death. But again, it it just seems like especially with the new variant. It doesn't seem nearly the, as effective. It maybe right after you take it, there's some effectiveness. The, no, ab- you're absolutely right. But again, that's the point. If it was 100% vaccination, I'm not saying COVID would stop. I'm saying our hospitals would be less choked up. Yeah, we agree but, on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's the point. That's the whole point. We're going in a circle because we keep going back to the way it's not spreading, the, stopping the spread. It's, a, it's not about stopping the spread. It's about stopping the spread that leads to people getting hospitalized. Right, right. But as long as, as long as those people are out there, then it just continues. One, one thing I've heard within the league uh, from players and coaches who talk about this and executives is um, the players 
have not felt the symptoms, generally speaking, they're not spooked by the symptoms that they've had when they've gotten COVID. And so a lot of players are saying, well, what do we, what do, why are we isolating for 10 days when several of the executives who are 65 and over have been fine that have gotten COVID? Um, We were scared about that. Players, I mean, Joel Embiid came back from saying he thought he was going to die and he had 42 points in his first game back. I'm not saying that that's a safe way to think, a healthy way to think about this, but this is the viewpoint of the players is single single digit percentage body fat dudes in their 20s and early 30s yeah they're it's like they're this dude be, thought that yeah. he was gonna die or so he says or that he wasn't gonna make it and then he comes right back and drops 42 points and he's averaging 26 and 15 since he got back from a harrowing bout of covid and this these anecdotal factors or these anecdotal pieces matter more to human beings than usually all the science right how did how did like there are players who are really frustrated because they're getting co- they've been vaccinated, they got COVID, and then their teammate who's unvaccinated has not gotten COVID during a, a massive team outbreak. And these yeah. stories matter to them. We talked about the narrative earlier in MVP cases. It, these anecdotal, like, hey man, yeah. I it's I, I followed all the rules. I is. still got this thing. And my dude over there who's unvaccinated didn't get it, and he's dropping 20, 25 points a night. And I like I have to go sit in my in my in a hotel room for two weeks away from my family. I'm not saying that that's right. I'm just saying yeah. this is the sense that I get from the from the people who are being subjected to these protocols. The, the, the people, is, you I, know what? You know, I don't know if we you know should still be doing have this. In common? You know what all those people have in common? If the protocol was you got to slap the shit out of your grandma, and then you go straight to the NBA finals. How many of those people say, not my grandmother, and how many are rearing back, slap the shit out of their grandma? These are people Michael complaining Jordan about would shit. slap his grandmother. <laughs> These Both are people who complaining about shit because, not because it's, oh, this is crazy. This is infringing on my freedom. It's because it's just one little more obstacle to them ahead of the goal that they really want to set. It's the same reason why people are like, well, the coaches voted for him in the All-Star game. And I'm telling you, their coaches don't give a fuck because that's not a priority. Sorry, I was just seeing Draymond was just asked about the COVID. He's given a lot's happening. There's a canceled practice right now. Is yeah, the, the Kings. Kings shut down their facility. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Alvin caught I, it. I got to text Alvin. He caught it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not laughing about that. That's you know, given his age, a bit of a okay. bit of an hey, issue. I'll, just, hey, I'll tell you right now, that COVID kicked by. I was just no, laughing hey. at a mean turning that to a fucking name drop. Is what I was laughing at. Uh, that was. Hey, hey, I got a text. Yeah, um, okay, Ethan. Okay, I I heard you talking about it. Wasn't a big deal. Hey, I'll tell you what, that shit kicked my fucking ass. <laughs> Oh man, I'm mad that I didn't ask Amin to do the Stephen A. Smith imitation, but for making a Jokic point when he was saying that uh, if it was Stephen A. saying Nikolai Jokic, <laughs> I mean, is this what you're telling me, Zach Lowe, that you think Nikola Jokic is the best player in MVP and NBA? Fourteen and fourteen, ninth in the Western Conference. You know, the, the first time they told me that uh, Zach Lowe had made a point, the, the, the prodigious and prolific writer Zach Lowe had made a point about uh, Nikola Jokic being the MVP, I was appalled. 
<laughs> Molly, I was appalled. <laughs> you mean to tell me that our 500 team could have the MVP in the league? <laughs> uh, it's so good because you, you really nail the uh, the sort of laughing while talking part of the Stephen A. imitation that people don't do enough. That's the best. Yeah. That's the best everybody part. Wants to do, everyone wants to do this part right here. Or even <laughs> the, the quiet, like, like the prolific. But nobody wants to do this part right here. The key is that you have to start out slow. Real low. Yeah. You gotta, the you Stephen A. imitation, it's like you're driving a Porsche and you've got the different gears. And there's a, I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm going to tell you something right now. I saw the clip yesterday. <laughs> there's different Zach gears. Lowe, favorite writer. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's the great. Are you mean to tell me? <laughs> Mr. Nikola no, Jokic, we already gave him. We already we already gave him an MVP last year. We already don't gave him one. Don't talk to me about doing it this year. We gave it to him now, last a, year. I'm just picturing you. Thing. I'm picturing you driving one of those car commercials of the Porsche. And I'm just seeing the gear go, and then it's. Now here's the funny thing. It is very, very similar beat wise to Skip Bayless, but Skip does his different. Skip starts with a, a little. Yeah. Well, mm. I thought. When I saw Nikola Jokic win MVP last year. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me try no, again. Yeah, we got to. Well, I thought when I saw people say Nikola Jokic was the MVP of the NBA this year, that we had lost our minds. After all, he's only 14 and 14, Joy. But then I thought about other players. What about Russell Westbrook? What about Moses Malone? How about like he starts going into like like the 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 Skip Bayless like uh, form is you start with I've held this belief for my entire fucking life, <laughs> never change. But then something happened yesterday. <laughs> That's how powerful it was. That's why you need to know about it. Everything changed my entire fucking he life. Makes That's, a the- he makes a show of his inconsistency and makes it seem like a revelation like Moses with the tablets. It's incredible theater. Yeah, God, exactly. that, that, that nobody else knew about this shit either. Yeah, like he comes back down from the mountains. Guys, 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 God just spoke to me and he said, guess what? Russell Westbrook won 47 games when he won his MVP and Malone won 46 when he won his MVP. So why not, right? And also anything to take away from LeBron, right? Anything yeah. to take away from LeBron. I I'm love surprised. sports theater. I, I, oh. I, these guys, I, the way they've done it with social media is so interesting, how they now film themselves and put it on social, knowing that tweeting is not the strength. You see Cowherd do it. You see Stephen A. and Skip Bayless weeping in a Cowboys jersey. Uh, it's it's smart by those guys. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. Ethan, I sent Ethan this, Tom. I'm going to tell you exactly but like Austin Reeves, obviously last night had 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 a big night. He hit the shot, whatever. <laughs> and uh, all these Austin Reeves like kind of interviews and pieces that had been posted earlier, like were reposted. And you know, Marin Fader had a really good one, and and a bunch of ones. And then there's my guy uh, Brian Kalbroski from from Hoops Hype. He tweeted out his sit down with him and it said this 
Before he was signed by the Lakers, I met up with Austin Reese for a pre-draft interview. The former Oklahoma star and I got pizza in New Jersey and then went to one of his workouts. So far, so good. I'm like, okay, cool, man. What's the link? Let me read this. Then he ends it with this. He's very, very clearly a special young player. That, that's it. Oh, no, there's a link, too. But I'm just saying, he is very clearly a special young player. What the fuck? <laughs> Why was that a necessary, like, addition to this? Like, it's... it's uh, the, the the what Ethan is describing like the theater of like hey man we're all fans whatever that works whenever you go ten toes deep in it mm. Stephen A is ten toes deep in that character Skip is ten toes deep in that character Bill Simmons is ten toes deep in that character but when you like want to be like yo I write profiles I'm da 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 I'm da 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 also he's clearly a special young player <laughs> like what's Austin Reeves ceiling you got. You got to have a Starter? better hook. You, you got to need a. You, I, a I mean, I'm thinking in terms. If he's I have the special. paywall hook. I do the. Hold on. I do the paywall hook, and you got to have. If he's special, what the fuck is Steph Curry? <laughs> this guy's special. What the fuck is Steph Curry? You know, I think when you I look mean, at Austin Reeves, his. You know, I, I think about his game a lot. He could be a Tyler Hero, um, Doug McDermott. Um, sure. Yeah. He, he, he could Dude, be awesome. uh, Danny Ainge is that's another good awesome. one. Um, yeah, well, Grayson yeah, Allen. TJ I mean, McConnell. I mean, like, I, he got a little yeah, TJ scrappier. in his game. I need scrappier. I need. Uh, uh, give me something scrappier. Uh, Grayson, Al- <laughs> Grayson Allen. Yeah. Grayson Allen. I spent time. With Matthew Delvedova also comes to mind with there Austin Reeves. I spent time with Austin Reeves when he was sharing a wedding cake slice with his (laughs) fraternity brothers. Thank you, Ethan, for joining us. And uh, if you want to read more of Ethan's takes, go read his substack, House of Strauss. I mean, I love you, even if you hate all white people. So I'm going to go find some cake to go eat. (laughs) Feed it to my dog. (laughs) 